welcome to the Up and Down Show with Daniel. And you pinned out. We are so excited that you guys decided to come back for a second stab here of the Up and Down Show. We aren't really sure if it's a podcast that we're doing or a talk show or uh, I don't know. Well, it's going to be whatever we want it to be, whether it's going to be a podcast, talk show, or a potty cast, or a potty talk show. Or, <laughs> a potty just, cast it, Yeah, show. but it's just going to be whatever we want it to be. But the good news is that we're back. We this is back. This is two. This is two. It's been two weeks. That's pretty cool. It's been two weeks, and there's been a lot of changes in this two weeks. As you can see, our set have kind of changed just a little bit. Uh, it's subtle, but it's, it's subtle, but important. We got candles now. Yes, mm. we have that zen going on. Absolutely. The set is feeling even more comfortable. We have microphones. We have microphones because, you know, we, we, we shot the first show, which was really exciting for us. And of course, Daniel being who he is, just a consummate professional. I'm sure she means that as a um, compliment. It is a compliment. The consummate professional he is, he was like, you know, we can do this a little better. We can just put, bring some things in and and we can just look a little better. And he looks amazing. Oh, well, thank you. I did get a haircut in the midst of a pandemic. After two and a half months, I finally got a haircut. But let's let's be clear. Last time we talked about the pandemic, and in two weeks, our communities have kind of, you know, pretty much um, released some of this, the, strict, the restrictions around yes. certain. We've started to open up. Yeah, We've started to slowly open up. started to dip our toes. Yes, and so right now that was essential for you to get groomed. Yes, absolutely. The barber shop um, is open. They have exceptional um, practices in order to keep us safe and keep the stylists safe. So anyhow, I was really excited about that. And I'm excited to be here again with my bestie. Oh, I just paid him to say that, okay? <laughs> and he's my bestie in this moment, right now, this time. Yeah, you're, <laughs> oh, you're such a Wendy Williams. I, <laughs> what? Such, yeah, you remember when Wendy Williams said that um, she called Nene, she said she's one of those over there friends. Oh, <laughs> so, no, no, you're not over there. I'm not an over there friend, no, am oh I an actual gosh. bestie? You I'm are, you are so not a over there friend. You right, are I right that. here. Oh, He's right here wow. in my heart, in my heart. So, so and that is an enviable place to be. Exactly. Absolutely. So what you been doing for the last two weeks? Um, well, I, I've been getting used to this idea that we're starting to open up. You know, I, I talked about last time we were on, I was wanting to, um, be more, more, um, responsible about doing the quarantine and, and not sort of being selfish about how I was living my life. But I am, I'm excited actually to be, um, <laughs> be, we have our off camera producers actually telling me to lean into the microphone, I believe. So um, here we go. All right, so hopefully that's better. Be patient with us, folk. We are going to figure out the technical aspects of what we are doing. So, um, yes. yeah. So, anyhow, I just, I'm trying to open up my mind. I'm excited about it, but I don't want to be too excited about it. I'm trying to be patient, um, which is hard for me. So, yeah. So, the last two weeks has really, a lot of that has um, been transpiring. How about you? So, the last two weeks have been pretty much the same, though, as far as what I've been doing in pandemic, but what truly has inspired me and challenged my heart. I think we've all heard about Ahmaud Arbery. <laughs> and so um, this past Friday, not the 15th, but May 8th, 
Um, on his birthday, I decided to run in his spirit because we all know what have happened as it relates to uh, this young man um, being actually murdered um, for running in a neighborhood um, by two individuals who, number one, took it upon themselves to put the law in their hands. Yeah. Um, and to actually go ahead and, and, and take its life because in their minds, it wasn't worth keeping it. And I'm making that assumption, but based on what I saw is they made a decision to take this young man's life because he was not supposed to be in that neighborhood. Well, are they, so they, they say, right? Um, yeah, it's a, it was a shocking situation. It was a shocking killing. Um, and you know, I had lots of feelings about it, as I know you did as I, well. Yeah, and I think, you know, what, what has come out, and there's still more to come out. I think the reason why I bring it up in the last two weeks, because I think it really speaks to the issue around social justice. You know, the systems that's, that's in place that allow individuals to take, you know, someone's life. I mean, they they pretty much said that they were making a citizen's arrest. Right. Now, my understanding of a citizen arrest is that if I see you do a crime, Daniel, that then I have the right to make a citizen arrest, but that's based on reasonable force. You know, this reasonable force, and if it's more force than it's more reasonable, I should do it. Okay. So so that's one of the, the uh, statements that they made. They were making a citizen's arrest, but they never did see a crime happen other than that he was running in their neighborhood. Yeah. And then the force that happened, they basically are saying they were standing their ground. I don't know how you stand your ground with, with, with someone who's running with no weapon and you have not only one person, two persons, but three persons. How are you standing your ground? Because standing your ground means that you don't have any other recourse but to defend yourself. But this person was running. In fact, he had the right to stand his ground. That's my opinion, but, you know, I could be wrong. So, yeah, it brings up a lot of feelings for me. Yeah, I, 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 I think justifiably so. And, you know, even without getting into the, the legal um, components of, of what happened with um, Ahmad, I, I think looking at how our, our justice system responded to the situation, yes. whether or not it was them standing their ground, is, is murder an exceptional, acceptable um, outcome of a citizen's arrest? I mean, that part is what is confusing to me. And also how long it took them. I, I think we keep forgetting that we just learned about this in the last two weeks. Yes. This happened back in February. Yes. It took months for the police to arrest the known culprits of the act. Yes. And if those individuals were black, there is no doubt that whether they were innocent or not, whether they were justified or not, there is no doubt that they would have been arrested. Yes, yes, yes. I, I would agree with you, too. But I, I think there's other things at play here, too. I mean, you said that, you know, it's murder. It's murder now. When I say murder now, the, the, the actual term murder has been used in the last three weeks as it relates to this case. When this case first happened in February, it wasn't considered a murder. It was a justified 
um, um, of killing because what what the local authorities were saying it was justified. It, it was a justified killing. It wasn't a murder. Right, and and I think that that's gonna continue to play out in in society. Right, people are going to pick sides. Um, one thing that I will say, looking at sort of social justice and in our country, that I have been pleased with was the amount of immediate support that we heard, at least I was able to see, both locally and nationally and internationally. Real. This, this is a story that the moment that video was released, I found people from across the country standing behind Ahmad and his family and demanding for justice. And that was a beautiful thing. It, it is a beautiful thing, but it it speaks to something that's bigger, which is, again, the system. The fact that the system that is set up did not take the immediate recourse that we've seen these last couple of weeks. Right. That is, the, that is for me, the main issue. Yes. The yes, fact yes, yes. that we had to work in grassroots effort to get this case to, to have some type of national attention so things can happen. I mean, I, I run in the mornings and I'm by myself. And where I run at is um, considered a very uh, nice neighborhood. Um, and I'm running first thing in the morning, so it's dark. Yeah. And and so this really rings true to me as far as my fear and my, my, my safety, you know, because I'm doing what most people get to do that don't look like me without any fear. Now this is in the back of my head as it relates to I'm by myself, Ahmad was by himself. Yes. He was jogging. I do it too. Yeah. And because someone can make an assumption, why is she running? Why is he running in his neighborhood? There's been, a, a, you know, thefts that's been happening. It must be him or it must be her. So for me, it really resonates that we got to deal with the, the, the real issue, which is the system, because that system is not set up to protect people like me or Ahmad. Or you, Daniel. No, absolutely. You know, and I was, when, when that video came out, the, the second video of, of him going into the home mm -hmm. and, and looking at the home, I immediately had a memory um, back when I lived in Los Angeles. <clears throat> and um, I lived in, in Sherman Oaks which is right over the hill from Beverly Hills. So I, again, up and down, right? I didn't quite have enough to live in, uh, in, in Beverly Hills. Um, so I'm living over the hill in Sherman Oaks and I was a waiter and I was an actor, you know, hitting the grind, sort of doing that yeah. deep and dirty in um, Los Angeles. And whenever I would have a bad day, whether it be because, you know, some love triangle that, <laughs> love triangle, I don't know if that was exactly what I meant to say, maybe some love drama, yes. trauma that I uh, had gotten into, or maybe I didn't get a part that I auditioned for. But I used to go up to this house. It was not an abandoned house, but it was a house under construction on top of the Hollywood Hills, and it was a big, beautiful, half-constructed home. And I would go in that home, and I would sit by the what would eventually become a pool. And I would stare across all of L.A., and I would think about my day and think about what I had experienced. And I thought, oh, my God, I used to do that. And I, I didn't do this once. I did it often, and for years I did it because the home, um, whoever was building it, obviously um, had run out of the resources to keep building it. So but it, it struck me that there was something that I, like you're saying, you jogging through a neighborhood, a nice neighborhood, me sitting up on this home, someone could have stood out and said, hey, what are you doing here? Chase me down yes, and taking yes, my life. And yes, yes. 
it really struck me of how how senseless that act, whether or not he was trespassing, how senseless of an act that was and how, how messed up our country is still. Yeah, yeah. And I just, again, it just goes back to the system, the system that currently is in many communities. Um, it is not set up for people of color. It's not set up to give us always the benefit of, the, of doubt. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's set up to, first of all, criminalize us, then ask questions. Yes. And that that does challenge my spirit because Ahmad was supposed to turn 26 on May 8th. Yep. And when I think about my nieces and nephews, I mean, they're around that age too. And I'm just, I'm often challenged, but then there's another piece of this too. You know, I, after really understanding and, and reading what's in the media, good and bad, good and bad around this case, because we, we don't know how this is going to end. They've been arrested finally. But we don't know about the next piece of this, which is they're going to go to trial and they're going to be judged by their uh, peer, their uh, jury of their peer, peers. Um, we, we don't know what that's going to end up being. And we've seen this before in other cases that in, in our minds looking at it, it appears to, to be something where we know justice is going to be served. We hope that justice is right, but serious. then it ends up where justice isn't served. So I say that because again, it goes back to the system. How do we now address the issue, which is truly changing the system to work for all and not for a few? Right, and and I think it's it's complicated, and we will see. You know, for me, I and this is something that you know about me is that I I, I tend to have to live in a place of, of positivity and hope. And so I will continue to carry that with my heart that justice will prevail. And um, I, I'm, I'm standing by this idea that it is not a perfect scenario, but there was a swift response uh, by the majority in this country, faster than I have ever seen the country come together around race. Faster ever, um, and I, I'm, I'm standing behind that that is a significant shift in our country and that this, his death will not be in vain and that we will have changed because of this. I really am hopeful for that. Yeah, I'm hopeful that he, his, his death, his unfortunate death will ring true to significant um, radical, significant radical Change around race relationships in our country. Absolutely, they are calling out. They are calling out. Um, they are calling out um, different individuals who are connected to these the case, and they are, um, I think, justifiably questioning the system now. And, yeah. and I'm really excited to yeah, see. Yeah, I, I guess I, I I really hope that again, it's a significant radical change in race relationships and addressing the systems that really use race to determine a person's, you know, worth and value. Um, so I, if, if this happens as a result, then, you know, God bless his family, um, because at the end of the day, change is going to happen, but it came at the expense of them losing their loved one. Absolutely. Um, well, but, but, but that I'm being hopeful. I mean, another thing that happened for me, is you know a couple of years ago when i moved into my house um i actually took gun classes because i'm a single woman now and i gotta protect myself 
Yes. So <laughs> I got to protect myself. Um, and so I actually took a, a you know, a gun class because I was going to pursue getting me a gun. Oh, jeez. I, I was. Okay. So I got my certificate, did my four hours, supposed to send my paperwork in, and then I can get licensed and go purchase me a gun. I actually stopped that process because I was like, you know, I really don't need a gun because my temperament is not the best. <laughs> like, I will shoot you up. So I kind of recognize that. But now the last couple of weeks, yeah. it just became ever more important in my world to say, you know what, you need to follow through because if, if, if I'm licensed and I have the right to carry a gun, then why wouldn't I? Everybody else is doing it. So are you, are you going to do it? I am moving forward. My goal, really? my goal is to, to be, to have me a firearm that I'm licensed to carry by the end of this summer. It's going to be cute though. You know that, right? It's okay. just going to be All right. Now I have to admit, and you know, I, I lost my brother. This is, this is, we, we're starting with a pretty down part of this show, but we're going to lift it up later. Um, hopefully. Um, but you know, I, we lost my brother to gun violence. Yeah. And so because of that, I am pretty anti-guns, but I, but I also understand the argument. I too, honestly, um, have we talked about it? I, I have thought about not me owning a gun. I, I don't think I could ever own a gun, but understanding that it is important that people be able to to I don't want to use the word protect themselves, but hell, that's what it is. It's it's protecting. It's themselves. protecting yourself. It is, it is. I mean, for me, I mean, I've been in places where I've seen people walk in and they are strapped, um, and and it does causes some type of um, tension in the room. But at the end of the day, when I think about who I am, I'm, I'm a single African-American woman who, you know, I'm, you're not going to treat me any kind of way, number one. Right. That's, that's clear. Anybody who's ever met me, you're just not going to treat me any kind of way. Number two, the fact that we're now at a point in our society where people are emboldened to cross your personal space to say and do anything they want to. Saying something to me is fine. You can say whatever you want to me and I can keep the train moving. I can bump on that train and keep it moving. But when you invade my personal space, that becomes a problem for me. Yeah, and I, but I think it's what, what's interesting, you Penta, because I do know you, is it's, I, I think this is more complicated than that. It, I, it is. I, I mean, the truth is, if you had to use that gun to protect yourself, I think it would impact your life for the rest of your life. I don't think it's something that you would ever get over. No, no, no. I'm, yeah. Well, I, I'm going to challenge you on that. Okay. I'm going to challenge you on that. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I'm a little scared. <laughs> I'm going to challenge you on that. You know, I think that if you are truly going to go, and I'm going to just speak for me in my own personal world, if I'm going to move can forward. Can you hear it? I wonder if you can hear the ice. I'm an ice chewer. My oh entire my family like, like, is like an ice chewer. So I'm just letting you know oh. if you are listening to the podcast is, and you hear the that's that's the ice. It's not my teeth, and, and I um I am I come from a family. I was in the middle of saying I, something I, profound. But listen, it is profound. We're going to get no, back to not. whether or not you would this kill someone and regret it. But I uh, I just wanted to explain that if someone's you hearing can explain that crunching that afterwards, but it's okay. I'm gonna let that go. I think it's important because I'm afraid people either watching the video or listening to the they, podcast might be afraid that I was like, losing really, some teeth. I'm sorry. That was so inappropriate. I'm gonna let okay, that go. I'm going to try not to chew ice while in my microphone. Oh my gosh. Can't promise. Anyway, that. going back to my point. Yes, I apologize. Because you you think that I will, and I'm paraphrasing now that I would be bothered if I killed someone. 
But my whole I point, said it would change your life forever. It would change you forever. I, I don't if think you it's... if you killed someone. So whether so, the person was an evil person or not, no, no, the no, act but, of killing another person. But my whole point in challenging what you're saying that I'm gonna be changed forever. So this is what I know. I know that if I'm gonna go through the process, because remember I started the process before and I stopped because I was like, ah. Oh. Now I know why I'm moving forward. Like I, it's clear to me that if I move forward in the process of getting um, everything I need to own a gun legally and to be able to to operate a gun legally, that means that there is a chance that I will use the gun. So number one, and this is part of what they also explain in class, like you know, you will be changed, but know why you're going to be changed. So you're going through. So my safety is more important than anybody else's safety. Mm. And this is where we as friends sometimes agree to disagree. And that's fine. That's why we love each other. And we can always be right. We can always be honest with each other. Yeah. So I, I, I think for vein, me, I, I'm, um, I am more interested in us getting to a place where violence and, and death by guns is no longer an option. I think the bigger issue versus my best friend packing is these mother effers who killed Ahmad should not, I don't care if he was a retired officer. I don't care who he was, if he had permission from the owner of that home to guard that house. He should not have the right to have killed Ahmad. Right. Period. And I agree with everything you just said. I agree with everything you just said as it relates to, you know, killing. I don't believe in killing people. I don't believe in guns either, but also I know that my safety is most important to me. I don't want to die. That is not something I want to do. And, and because of the current, I guess, the vibe, environment, yeah. the current environment, what, what, what we're feeling in this community, people are no longer respecting each other and, and, and taking it upon themselves to take the law in their hand or to believe that they are It's a scary place. It's a, it, it our world has become scary, scary intimidating, and absolutely, I understand why uh, a woman or a man would want to protect themselves if, if need be. But and here's the other piece of this too, and then we can just move on to something a, 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 you know different. But um, since this has happened, you know, a lot of more a lot more African Americans are seeking um, the whole process for for gun ownership now. And guess what? <sighs> the, the NRA is not happy with that. The well, Second I'm Amendment sure not. apparently doesn't apply to the black people who own guns. <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna go out there and we're gonna get our guns and we're gonna be ready. That's the reality. Like yes. like like let's just be ready. And and I think that you know me personally going back to the challenge that I I'm offering my challenge back to you. It's my safety over someone else's safety. Mm -hmm. I will not be changed by that. I'll be changed that I protected myself. And if this is the result of me protecting myself, I knew that when I carried that gun and that person had no right to invade my, and, and to even challenge my own personal safety. Correct. So I'm okay with that. I can live with that. Now I couldn't live with, you know, me killing someone and it wasn't, it had nothing to do with my safety. Uh, yeah, I, and, and it's not a matter of whether it was a just, um, we're being asked to move forward, but I am going to finish this thought and then we're gonna move forward, uh, is I, I think with that, um, I, I just lost my thought, <laughs> is what I wanted to say. That's what happens when you're a Gen Xer. <laughs> no, I don't wanna go there yet. We'll yeah, go there. I wanna, no, I wanna, no, 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 I wanna finish my thought and then we'll go there, is, um, cause we're gonna reduce this anyways. This isn't, we're gonna be able to cut some stuff down, um, is, 
you were just saying about the the gun thing. Oh yeah, I, the the thing that I'm arguing is not whether or not uh, it makes sense for someone like you to have a gun. I I I, I completely own that. My comment earlier, and I also stand by that. And I think that you, I think you kind of said this is the act of killing someone, whether justifiable or not, is a horrific experience Absolutely. for the person who kills. And no one, and I'm hoping that the, that father and, and, and the son, I forget their last names, but I'm hoping that they could show some remorse, even though they're trying to prove their innocence, they killed a human being. And so that's my point is when we kill, whether justified or not, whether because we were endangered or not, it is a horrific act is all I mean. And I'm not saying that I people shouldn't protect themselves. It's just scary as hell. And I'm just not going out anymore. So anyways, I just okay, well, just that. so you know, once I'm able to to carry and pack my heat, yes, I'll protect you, Daniel. <laughs> well, I will. OK, I appreciate that, boo boo. Okay, and I'm gonna take you now with that one. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so yes, that not, we can transition now to uh, the other thing we wanted to talk about today, which I was really excited about. So one of the cool things that happened over the last two weeks is we were asked to sort of describe what this show was about, yeah. and so we put pen to paper and we were talking about what the up and down is truly about, and a word popped up that we hadn't really talked popped about, up, up. But, the, but the idea that we are Gen Xers popped up. That we, and we decided that we wanted to put that in our description of this Absolutely. program. Absolutely. That we, we represent the Gen Xers. I'm a Gen Xer. We are a Gen Xer. We are both Gen Xers. Yeah. means that we were I'm born. I'm on the younger part of the Gen Xer oh, yeah. spectrum. Oh, but. yeah. According to what you reported at our last session, you actually are a millennial, but that's a whole nother story. I'm an old millennial. <laughs> Millennial, no, uh, uh, but Gen Xer, we are both Gen Xers, and you know, actually doing that exercise of going back to growing up and what what it looked like for us being Gen Xers. Yes. I mean, we lived in a very, very interesting time when it comes to what this world looks like today. What do you mean by that? So we were coming up on an age where technology started to happen. And so we got the first glimpses of, of true technology, you know, the first computer, the real computer, a desktop was through our, our time. Um, you know, I remember we had cassette tapes, then CDs, you know, I think about we lived in a time where we got to experience the, the, the changes of technology. Yes. Real quickly, too. Yes, yes, yes. Real quickly. Um, I remember MySpace. I had a MySpace oh my account. God. I think we all still have MySpace. Is MySpace still I, in I existence? I don't know. I, I had a bang in MySpace. No, my, MySpace was the bomb. <laughs> I had the best song on MySpace. Oh, my page. God. My, mine was a Broadway song. Of course <laughs> it was. Of course it was. Mine is pretty cool and, and funky, like tropical vibes. And I, I just, yeah, I wonder if... Is MySpace, can you find your MySpace page? I think I can. Anyhow, so we decided that we, um, this is our, we're going to be on this topic for a second, actually, Mr. Producer. Uh, this is actually a major, major topic for us. Uh, but um, so with Gen Xers, I was interested in sort of evaluating why is it that we don't hear about mm -hmm. our generation. Mm -hmm. It's like we're the forgotten generation. Everybody still to this day, are, they talk about baby boomers or millennials. That's all you hear about. And the baby Gen Xers are, are nowhere in the conversation, even though 
when you think about the Gen X, that part in, 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 in our history is there are some phenomenal people, some phenomenal things that happen that yes. kind of carries where we are today, Yes, you know, as a society. Um, I think the millennials, definitely the millennials are going to be pushing the norms. Yes. That, that is what I think millennials are, are good at. What Gen X's are really good at, in my opinion, is that we learned how to work together. It was really about coming together, working in teams, how to leverage, how to make it work out. It wasn't so much about an individual perspective. It was more of a collective perspective in the context of, so now we're working. So how do we work more collectively in a, in a team? Because we were still in the business of working for companies. Right. And, and I think it's interesting you said earlier that we are the generation that grew up without digital lives, mm -hmm. right? We mm -hmm. remember what an 8-track was. We remember what it what We had life before an internet, before you could go into Google and type in a word and find out everything you wanted to know about a topic. We actually had to go to libraries. We had to go to the libraries. But, but think about this. Even before cell phones, I, I remember when it was beepers. Oh my goodness, remember beepers? And then you'd spell hello with the four and the yeah. three. <laughs> what was it? Was it four, three? What were the L's? No, for one, one, that, like one, 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 zero. one, zero. Yeah, hello. <laughs> oh my goodness. I mean, goodness. we had beepers, but then when beepers became fashionable, all of a sudden you start hearing about a cell phone, and the cell phones were huge oh back then. Oh my goodness. Then. And for, for Richie, bougie. Yeah, yes. yeah. So, you know, when I think about just, just how I grew up, I mean, I love, love the 80s music. 80s music was great. 80s music. 80s music was fun. Absolutely. And, when you, and you when, what do you always, think about when you think about 80s? What do you think about? Who's, I the, think first, the, who's the first person that comes in your mind? For 80s music, yes. Michael Jackson for me. Michael Jackson. Okay, Madonna for me. Yeah, Madonna. My, Michael Jackson, Madonna. But even some of the big hair metal bands, like you joke with me all the time about my music. <laughs> he jokes with me all the oh time my about my music. It's I, like you're so, so not dependent when I Think about you. Okay, no, 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 I'm, no. You, you just tried to skate around a topic. We are not skating around topics yeah. in here. This is, I am a biracial person. I am a product of a white mother and a black father. And there are times where I in my life have been called too white or too black. And so there are maybe been times where my sister here has been like, oh, you are so white when it comes to certain things. Oh, yeah. I'd say that all the time. And then this one will get on her music and she will start blasting her her, her workout music. And it's some 80s rock band. Journey. Stuff. I'm like, what sticks. the heck is that? Journey what the heck is sticks. that? <laughs> Excuse me for one second while I mess with our life. Yes, yes. But like I love that. I, I love uh, that better. I love uh 80s rock band. I think that's the best music to run to, too, because it gets you like moving and stuff. Um but then when I think about music also, I think about like the 90s R&B. Yes. Like you will not get better R&B than the 90s. I'm who's, sorry. Who's your top R&B group? Um, my top R&B group from the 90s, hands down group, okay. is Silk. Okay. Silk was good. Ooh, Silk was wonderful. Ooh, what you say. Oh, no, that's a hard one for me. There's so many... R&B men's groups that I just don't know the names, right? I mean, obviously, New Edition was like the granddaddy of them all. That's probably 80s, really. Yeah, 80s, early 90s. Jodeci. Oh, my Jodeci God. Jodeci was amazing. Oh, Jodeci was so, amazing. But, you know, I'm a gay man, so immediately I go to En Vogue. <laughs> I well, think about En Vogue, en Vogue yes. was the shizzle. En Vogue was our quintessential 
um, um, what was the group Diana Ross was? Supremes. It Absolutely. was our Supremes. Yes, and I believe, what was the girl's name from En Vogue who, um, who had the attitude issue? Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I can't remember her name. Yeah. Uh, her name, who was the one that, anyhow, but I think had she had her stuff together, they would have been the Destiny's Child of the uh, 90s yeah. before Destiny's Child came in. Yeah, I'm not quite sure of her name, but yeah, definitely um, attitudes and egos got into the way of their success. Oh, that's going to um, kill me. Okay, in the future, we need to have an iPad here so we can look up things so that we don't have to, it won't kill Dawn. us. Dawn. It was Dawn. Ah, was it Dawn? But also, remember TLC. Oh my TLC God. Was Don't go chase <laughs> waterfalls. Listen to the river in the <laughs> All I know is the video when they're in the water. <laughs> Um, so, Luther Vandross for me is was was just total R and B. So well, when we're I think we're doing that, a music segment, I didn't realize we were doing. No, a music we're not segment. doing. We're doing this Gen Xer. No, no, like, no. But okay, so let's let's play our game. We had a game, and what we wanted to. He had a game, and I, of I course guess. I don't follow games that he does because he just thinks of it in his world. Well, I, well, what I wanted to do in talking about the Gen Xers and believing that I believe, and I, I think. Throughout over time on the show, we will be able to highlight the importance of the Generation X um, generation. Uh, but I, I thought it would be fun to think about who are the people that molded you from our generation, not just during the periods that we were our formative years, but people born between what is it, 1965 and 1980. Who are the top five people that changed our world, changed your life? So, of course, I'm going to do a Upendo. Go for it. Which is going to do a kind of switch on that. I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> Thanks. My game has already been shifted. It, it has because I, I I really can't think of like one person or two, three, four that really from our generation that made such an impact. But I can't tell you... So you basically are saying the millennials and the baby boomers are really what matters. Okay, so you want to play that game? No, we're not doing that. We're so not going to do that. But what I will say is this, and I think it then will lead into you being able to share your five people. But I think that for me, there there were five really, crit not critical, very important shows Okay. It, during this time. It's been a Gen Xer for me. So the first one was A Different World. Oh my God, amazing. Absolutely. And for me... That impact of seeing African-Americans and college living their life, getting educated, understanding social justice issues, that was a very, very important show for me yes. when I think about where I want to be educationally. Yes. So that's number one. Number two, living single. Yeah, I, I, again, it, 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 single. It, the characters all yes. represented something when I think about, okay, I'm graduating from college. I need to be out here striving and living. But most important is about relationship. Mm -hmm. Because now I'm at a point where I'm in college, just graduating from college. Now I'm choosing my family, choosing my adult family. And living single kind of represented that for and me. And living single was the the friends before friends. Actually, it, it actually was on the air before friends. Yeah, absolutely. And then friends came on and all of a sudden living single well, for African-Americans, it still was very popular. Very, very popular. But I just, I think it doesn't get its credit for actually changing the genre of before Friends came in. Exactly. Absolutely. And then Martin and, and anybody who knows the Martin <laughs> show, um, 
when you talk about relationships, like being in love, Martin was for me the epitome of you want to be with someone who's going to make you laugh. You want to yes. be with someone who can share their feelings. You want to be with someone who doesn't mind joking on themselves, you know? So that was important about relationships. And then Sex in the City. Oh, oh my goodness. Sex, sex in the City was, I hands down, just like a sexual revolution for women, for, for women that was Gen Xers. That's my yeah. opinion. And then a last you use one. Use your microphone. Go yes, into your microphone. Yes. And the last one I would say is Will and Grace. I I don't know what it is, but um, all through high school, I've always been able to go in and out of different circles. Mm -hmm. I could go with the, the, the preppy kids. I could be with the African-American kids. I could be with the kids who were considered strange. Um, I was able to maneuver through all different circles in high school. And there was always individuals that I naturally gravitated towards. And I did not necessarily knew they were gay. Hmm. I know they're gay now because I'm older. And when Will and Grace came on TV, it was just a confirmation of the people that I, I knew growing up, yeah. that they they were uh, being appreciated and understood and that their lives matter. Yeah, well, obviously as a gay man, that was a huge show for, for me. And um, I actually think the, the new version that just ended, so the reboot was actually very successful. I don't, I don't know if you watched it. I didn't watch the reboot. But the, um, in fact, the, the final season, I think they had four seasons this second time around was remarkable. It was really, really wonderful. I'm going to really, have to go back really and look wonderful. at it. I'm going to yeah. have to go back and look well, at it. Well, so you did change up the game a little bit. I did. And I, I stand by every single one of those selections. Um, and I, I, I think those are all excellent. And you kind of run the, the gamut of the of the generation, right. right? With Sex and the City kind yes. of bringing up the end. Well, I, it's interesting. One of the people that I chose is actually Aaron Spelling. Yes. Aaron Spelling. Now, Aaron Spelling, who was not born during our generation. In fact, I'm not even sure if he was a baby boomer. He might have been part of the silent generation. He was part of the silent because he was that old. He was but much older. That brother introduced some of the most okay, interesting, he was not a brother. important. Let's well, he was a brother to me. A brother is not someone who is black. That's well, for me. He really shouldn't be using That's that word. That's someone for me. Uh, is, um, is that uh, Aaron Spelling was definitely someone who, I'm sorry, we're getting some notes about our microphones. I'm, I can't, I, off camera, what is it? Can you hear us? Are, you, yes. are we good? All right. Yes. All right. Is yes. it both of us? Or, okay. No, it's just It's me. just you. It's All right. Get me. your microphone in check, lady. All right. Uh, testing, <laughs> testing. The producer just gave me the eye like, you don't get that microphone together, girl. Okay, go so, ahead, Daniel. But I um, thought both, you cannot talk about our generation, the Generation X, without thinking about Beverly Hills 90210 and Melrose Place exceptional, exceptional, exceptional television that brought forth, especially Beverly Hills 90210, brought forth so many important issues about what it meant to be a young person in this country during that time. So so, so let me just kind of put a little salt on that one for, okay. for you. So I think when you look at um, 90210, you're right. They, he, he was able to, to highlight the issues impacting that generation, but from a white perspective. I didn't realize that the show was just about the black perspective. This it, is it's, no, it's not. But right. I just, I, I want to just put that on. I want to just put that out there because for whoever's watching, 
you say that, I'd be like, uh, I never got into 90210 because it never represented me. I think if you go back and look, you will be surprised no, by no, no. how revolutionary that. and how they actually incorporated things like multi-ethnic, um, multi-racial um, relationships and couples. No, no, and I, like I get that, Daniel. But again, when I am like you, I didn't, I never got down with 90210. You know why? Why? Because... They didn't represent me. Okay. So that was my first one. Okay. We're, we're running out of time. So I want to make sure I get my, the rest of my list. Um, so I'm just going to roll them off. Is that um, you can't talk about Generation X without talking about Winona Ryder. What who, you who, say? Who, Heathers. Who, Heathers. Heathers. Heathers, right? Heathers. Oh Heathers Absolutely. Is the best. Love me Heathers. some Heathers. Heathers. Uh, Winona Ryder. I don't think people can appreciate how amazing that woman was, was. how huge she was. Um, and you know, unfortunately, people remember her now for her shoplifting game and for she was on drugs, probably. Oh, so she definitely was. Um, have she had issues, we'll just say that. Um, but she was wonderful. What a, I think, a, uh, an absolute a testament to what, uh, what that generation exhibited. And then there, I went through the list of singers who were representative of that. And I mean, you got people like Kurt Cobain. Hello, yes. Kurt Cobain yes. changed the way. Right, Kurt Cobain. You had Tupac Shakur and what, what, yes, he, and what he and did, Maggie. and then you had my girl, Mariah Carey, <laughs> who is, I think, just as important. In fact, yesterday was the uh, what was it, nineteen ninety? So that would have been twenty year, twenty yeah. thirty year, thirty year. 20, yeah. 30, yesterday was the thirty year anniversary of Vision of Love. Wow. 30 year anniversary of Vision of Love. I Do you had know? A vision of love. <laughs> when I graduated from high school, we did a, a little capsule where we had to put something, in, uh, we wrote down different things about what we did, and then they mailed it to us 10 years later. Do you know on that capsule of what I wrote, it said, Who would you be married to 10 years from now? <laughs> I wrote Mariah Carey. Oh, wow. <laughs> Because that was realistic. Oh, um, very. But then, I don't know. It probably could have happened back then. It, it, yeah. it, it may have. It yeah. may have happened. And then yeah. just a couple other people that I think are awesome that I didn't even realize were Gen Xers. Michelle Obama's at the very beginning of Gen Xers. She was not 64. Yeah. But she. I didn't realize that she was part of our generation. That's why you we got love her Dave, so much. That's Dave why we Chappelle, love Michelle Obama. Tiger Woods, Chelsea Handler. I think there's just so many. Serena Williams, Venus Williams, um, Holly Berry. Halle Berry, yes. absolutely. So I just think that there are amazing Kamala Harris is a Gen Xer. Kamala Harris, absolutely. Yes, yes, she's a Gen Xer too. So is she really part of our generation? Yes, she is. She's it's a, so she's weird. She's on the to me. early like 64, 65. Yeah. It is amazing to me because I think of her as an older person. Mm -hmm. But she's her age. She's it's, a little older than us, though. Remember, I came in on the the, the last the last part of it. Yes. Yeah, our producer is like in the back doing <laughs> hands. I'm thinking he's going to let us talk a little bit longer just because we were trying to get our groove in today. Well, perhaps. I'm not sure how we're playing today, but this is a whole new game for us. We are still learning um, what this process is. Not to chew ice on camera and then to stop someone's segment would be number one thing that we learned today. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so, okay, so let's talk about what's been your up these last couple of weeks. My up, you know what? I, I think that I, I think I actually did not prepare enough today. You go first, and I'll think about my up. Okay, so my up, hands down, I would say would be I I accomplished a gumbo. I made a I made a chicken and sausage gumbo. It 
it it was my up because I really was into making it the way the recipe said it, and I did it. Hmm. All right, my up this week was um. Oh, I actually did a post uh, around my desire to be better with my Spanish. Mm -hmm. And I was amazed by the number of friends who responded to that post. And I was about to spend a lot of money. Talk about our experience of, you know, wanting to budget this time mm -hmm. frame. I was about to spend money on um, Rosetta Stones, but I actually was turned on to a couple free apps out there. Babbel, which I'd never oh, yeah. even heard of. I've heard about um, Duolingo is out there. And then there's just lots of really great ideas of ways to learn a foreign language uh, for free. And so that's been really exciting. And I'm on my, on my way to learning mi español. Okay. All right. So anyhow, yeah. I, I think that we're about at time, Miss Yupenda. I can't I, believe time I has flown so. by again. I think so. Um, did you have a good time this week? I had a very good time. It's a little stressful with the technical aspects of it. What y'all don't see is we got a producer on the other side of all this mess who is pointing at things and shoving things down. And so it's a little stressful, I, but that's part of doing a podcast, I guess. We have to get used to that. We have to get used to having our wonderful producer. And I, I will just shout out our producer, Grape Seeker, Mr. Gregory Dillard. Thank you for actually basically saying to us, we're going to do this. We are going to do this. Wow, this is like a live show. We are cutting out. We're on seven, five. Thank you all for tuning in to the Up and Down with Daniel and Upendo. And Bye. stay tuned to next time. Thank you.